Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you guys are here. I am, I am. If it's your first time here today, thank you so much for coming. And I mean that genuinely. If So if it's your first time here today, um, thank you so much for coming. My name's Craig and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. So honestly, thank you so much for being here. I really, really do appreciate it. Will you do me a favor? There's a whole bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family? Facebook, Church Online platform. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Also, if you're here, thanks for putting up with our mess. We're redoing some walls and everything. Summer's a great time to do that. So, yes, we are putting in screens and all of that. And all in due time. All in due time. Thanks for being here for that. And we got the, the petting zoo out there. Grab you a popsicle on the way. If you don't know where it is, there's the parking lot. And then the grassy knoll. The second shooter on the grassy knoll. Anybody? Anybody? probably shouldn't put the animals out there in case there really is a second shooter on the grass, you know. Um, so today we're ending this thing called Animal Kingdom. Next week we start Crapshoot, and we're going to be talking about some crap, man. You need to come on. Um, it'll be a good time, good time. Uh, but we're ending this thing called Animal Kingdom. And really, we've, the animals we've talked about, we've been talking about different animals, taking their characteristics and trying to learn some things from them, um, really just taking a page out of Jesus' playbook because he does that a lot throughout the New Testament. And so we just we want to be like, Jesus. So that's what we've been doing. And if you look at the animals we've talked about, we've talked about some really cool animals. I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about the first one, the buffalo, right? I love the buffalo. And then we talked about the bear. I mean, that's, and then we talked about the eagle last one. Anybody been working on their eagle call? Just walking around the house, just caca. Walking around Walmart, caca. That'll get you arrested right there. Don't do that. Um, but We've talked about these cool animals that honestly, if you managed to take a picture of one of those animals, it would be worthy of putting it on your Instagram feed, right? I mean, it would be like, now I'm not talking about liking someone else's photo. I mean, if you were nose to nose with a bear and took a picture of it and lived, you would post that picture on Instagram, right? And it's just that, that, that those animals are amazing. And even, like if you're a hunter in Africa, they have the big five. You guys know what the big five is? Safari, going to safari. It's, it's the, the big top five animals to hunt in Africa because they're just big and bad. The first one's like the lion. Um, if you're not a hunter, sorry, I'm just, I, I just... I, I don't know how you can live in Mississippi and not be, but anyway, um, so there's the lion, you know, and he's in that list because obviously his roar will make grown man wet himself. You got the elephant who's just large and in charge, and it takes a whole bunch to take him down. And then you got the leopard. The leopard is in the top five for its incredible camouflage and its fast speed. What else we got? We got the rhinoceros. Obviously, why is he up there? Well, he's huge, and he's got that pointy horn thingy, and that's pretty cool, running into stuff, and you ain't going to stop him. And then you have the buffalo. That's in the top five. The buffalo, why would you say that's in there? Because their hide, the older they get their hide in Africa, gets so thick that some predators cannot even pierce the hide with their teeth or claws. The only buffalo that they eat is the, the smaller ones, the babies. Isn't that cool? But we have these big five. Okay, and so when you look in the Bible and you have all these animals, you would think God would say, listen, I need you to be like this. But when you look in the Bible, God never says be like this or look at this animal. We take them and we've used them as examples. 
But there's only one place where God says, hey, I need you to be like, like pay attention to this animal. And it's not one of the top five. He's like, no, no. He brings it down to our level. Come on. He brings it down to our level. He says, no, 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 no. Smaller. I need you to think smaller than the elephant. Oh, okay. Lion. No, 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 no. Smaller than a lion. You mean like a dog? No, no, no. I got a big dog, but no, no. Smaller than, no, not a dog. You mean, you mean like, like, like a rabbit? No, no. Keep coming. Come on. Come on. Just a little bit. Like, 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 like a, like a, 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 a grasshopper? No, no, no. I need you to pay attention all the way down to the tiny little ant. The ant. He says, pay attention to the ant. I guarantee, well, I, won't, I don't know if I can guarantee because with this crowd, but I bet there's no ant tattoos in here, right? No, he's like, I want an ant right there. Not Ant-Man because he was cool, but no, like an ant, just ant. And King Solomon is where we get this. Proverbs chapter 6 is where we're going to be looking today. And he says, in this, he says, consider the ants. Now, most scholars would agree and say that King Solomon wrote sections of Proverbs actually as instructions for his son. <clears throat> instructions for his son as he moved on. And so he would, and some of the chapters even start out with, my son pay attention to, or my son do this. And chapter six is one of those areas where he is telling his son, hey, pay attention to this. I want to help you. Now we're going to look at um, the ant, obviously, but before we, that, that section starts in verse six, I want to tell you the why before I tell you the what. Okay, why does King Solomon, why does the Bible say pay attention to the ant? Verse 5 is why we're doing this today. Proverbs 6 verse 5 says this. This is his advice to his son. Rescue yourself from future pain. And that, that Hebrew word for pain is also trap. Several places it's translated as trap. Rescue yourself from future traps or future pain and be free from it once and for all. You'll be so relieved that you did. Okay, that's great, and I think that's the best advice, and that's the advice we want to give to our kids, right? We want, as a parent, and if you're not a parent, at least for the next generation, we want them to not have to step in the same traps we stepped in. I want my kids to not have to experience the same pain in different areas that I have stepped in. I mean, anybody else, or is it, is it just, okay, let's be honest, since we're raising our hands being honest, we do stupid stuff. Less hands going up. Now you're just lying to yourself and everybody else. We do stupid stuff. And because of that stupid stuff, we experience stupid pain. Do we not? You've made dumb decisions. And here's the deal. We've done those things and we've experienced those things. I've done dumb stuff. I've experienced dumb pain and all this stuff. And I want my kids to just not step in those traps. And, and I don't understand, I really don't understand this. I really don't understand why when I offer different advice, and when you offer different advice as, a, as the older generation, the next generation, I'm not calling you all old. I'm just saying you're, there's probably people under you in age. And so as we try to pass that on, I don't understand why a lot of times they, they don't accept it. I'm just being honest. You know, I don't understand why they're like, they have different attitudes, but it's like, oh, no, I, you know, you're cramping my style, or that's lame, which even saying lame is lame, right? That's not even up to date, but you're doing all these things. So I, I don't, I, or I've heard this from a younger person, and this younger person might be in my family, might be one of my children, but anyway, they said, well, Dad, I just need to figure it out on my own. Why? Why? 
Why would you choose to figure it out on your own when I'm offering you advice to show you where the traps are ahead of you? You're still walking out your own life, but don't add stupidity on top of stupidity. And King Solomon is saying, hey, son, you're sitting in the palace, right? He's sitting in the palace, and Solomon says, hey, let me give you some advice. There's traps ahead of you. I need you to be like the lion and just roar. I need you to be like the rhinoceros and just run over all. No, no. He doesn't call any of these giant animals. He says, listen, son, there is some traps and some pain ahead of you in your life, and here's how you need to get over them and get through them and get around them. I need you to pay attention to the ant. I need you to pay attention to the ant because the ant will teach you things that you can't learn anywhere else. You can't learn anywhere else. Check this out. Proverbs 6, verse 6. This is the next verse right after he talks about the traps, right after the why. Here's the what. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Now, ants are amazing, amazing creatures. They're incredibly communicative. They are ants are they have actually taken over the world okay there are ants on every single continent except one and that's antarctica which i find ironic because it starts with ant <laughs> that's kind of like a dad joke all day right just all day um so they're on every continent in fact scientists tell us that there are an estimated one million ants per human one million, and they're very organized. Like, they're colonies that they live in. They've got food storage rooms. They've got rooms that they eat in, rooms that they sleep in. And even, even with that organizational structure, they're still socially organized. There are, they have different roles, and they don't deviate. There's the queen ant, and her only job, she got one job, one job, lay them eggs. One job, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Come on, ladies, right? Just, just... That's not politically correct. Welcome to South Point. How y'all doing? Um, I am kidding about that. But the, the queen ant, all she does is lay eggs. And then you've got the worker ants. Guess what they do? They only do one thing. Guess what they do? Work. They work. Right? And then you've got the soldier ants. You know what the soldier ants do? The soldier ants are looking for the ants that aren't working, and then they kill them. <laughs> oh, you ain't working? Right? Just go they don't actually have handguns. But anyway, point is, so you have the workers, and then you have male ants. Male ants. You say, well, what about, male ants only have one job. One job. That, 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 that male ant, all they do is fertilize the, 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 the queen ant. That's a job right there, isn't it? It's just, what are you going to do today, Bill? <laughs> Same thing I did yesterday. <laughs> It's going to be a good day. They have all these different roles, and they are incredibly communicative. Like, they can communicate with one another. Patty and I used to live in Honduras. We lived up in the jungle in Honduras, and there were bugs everywhere, obviously. And we were the only white people within about 100 miles, right? And uh, so my, my ritual every single morning, I was there to build a medical clinic. And so every single morning, I would come out of my house. Um, house, that's a grand story. It was about the size of this rug. But anyway, and I had a little front porch. And, they would, and I would sit down, and I would drink a cup of coffee, and I'd watch the sun come up every single morning. I'd give about 3.30, 4, whatever, and do that every single morning. And then the sun would come up, and the workers for the job site would walk by, and I would join them in their prayer. Now, in Honduras, they tell you, and you guys already know this, you're brilliant people. They tell you, hey, don't ever leave your boots outside because there'll be critters in there in the morning. 
morning and you don't want to ever leave your boots outside. That makes sense. And I never left my boots outside, except for this one time. And I don't know why I left them outside. I really don't know, but I left them outside. I guess they were muddy or something. So I put my pants on or whatever, put my shirt on, and I go out there, and I would always tuck my pants in. I wore combat boots, high leather combat boots, and I would tuck my pants in there, you know, to keep critters out, because you don't want critters. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't want critters where they don't belong, okay? And so, so I sit down. It's dark. I mean, it's dark, 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 right? It's dark. Like, there's no street lights. There's nothing like that. It's dark. And I go out there with my cup of coffee, and I'm like, oh, my boots. Okay, so I got my pants on, I'm sure. And I'm putting my boots on, and I lace up my boots, and it's dark. I can't see nothing. And what had happened was, in the middle of the night, those ants decided that my boots were going to be their new condominium. And so I didn't realize it because it was so dark, and I didn't feel it until too, too, too late. I put my boots on, and I start tying them up. Got my pants tucked in, and all, like, so, <laughs> so they had crawled, they had filled my pants, and so they're all, everything, just so you know, okay, um, you can use your imagination, but everything from the waist down, y'all track it, track it, everything, <laughs> keep it PG-13 all day, so, for, for, and all of a sudden, it was like, they're so communicative, it was like, they were in there, and they went, they have little microphones, right? We're biting the white flesh in three, two, <laughs> one, commence. And I, they start biting all at the same time. And I was just like, Wah! right? I mean, was, I came alive. And I don't care who's around. I'm stripping, bro. I'm boots off, pants off, underwear off, shirt off. And I am completely buck naked on the front porch just as the sun comes over the horizon and my workers walk down the trail, they're just like, and I'm just, what do you do? You smile and wave, boys. That's all you can do, right? You just smile and wave. Ants are incredibly communicative. They tell us things, and we can learn stuff from them. We can learn stuff from them. And before I even get to the stuff that we can learn from them, I want to show you the traps that I think King Solomon is talking about. I think there's three traps that we all fall prey to on a regular basis and then we'll talk about how we can be like an ant and consider the ant. Y- y'all tracking with me? So, listen, I don't care how old you are. These are three traps. I still have to point these traps out in my own life as I'm walking through life. Okay? Here's the first trap that the enemy puts up for us. Distract from the majors. He wants to distract us from the major things in life. Listen, he does not have to get you to rob a bank. He does not have to get you to to commit murder or anything like that. All he has to do is get you distracted from the main thing, and you'll wreck your own life. Just get you distracted. That's all he has to do. It was like, I I, I used to be a member of the YMCA in Olive Branch. I've told this story before, but it's just a really good one I'm going to tell again. Um, to help you understand this. And I was a runner, and it was brand new. It was 15 years ago in Olive Branch. And I sign up, and I'm a, I was a runner at the time. And I'm like, it was summer. It was hot. I was like, I'm just going to go run on the treadmill, run a few miles, you know, whatever. That'd be cool. So I get there, and I'm running on the treadmill, and I'm at my own pace. You know, if you're a runner, you know you got your pace, and you're just like, you rocking it. You're cool. And while I'm running, this little girl comes up. She's like a teenager or something. Comes up on the treadmill next to me, and she jumps on, and she starts her beep, 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 beep. And we're running about the same pace. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You know, well, <laughs> silly me. That was her warm-up. And so 
Now, at this point, she doesn't know we're racing, but I'm a dude. So what are we? We're, it's on. You ain't going to beat me, little girl. So I'm like, she, beep, she beeps up, beep, beep, beep. And I'm, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> right? And so I'm just running, running, running. And I keep looking over her. And she, as she runs, she keeps like, beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, oh, no, she did. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. And I'm just, and I'm giving it all I got. And I'm so focused on what she's doing. And I'm running. I mean, with, I'm running hard, y'all, way faster than I should be running for me. And as I'm looking at her, I don't realize it because I'm distracted. I slowly slide over on that conveyor belt until my foot lands firmly on the railing and I throw myself into the front of the treadmill, which in turn drops me to my butt, which in turn shoots me off the back of the machine. So I did what all good guys do. I got up, walked out the door, and I have never been back to the YMCA. Never. Because you know, you know to this day, that was 15 years ago, you know to this day they still have the security footage pulled up, and it's like, hey, come here, y'all watch this. I ain't going in there. I ain't going there. Hey, one distraction. God, the enemy wants to get your mind off the main thing. And that's all he has to do. And then you will wreck your own life. You're going to try and give the devil credit for it, but all he did was distract you. You wrecked your own life with your own decisions and your own choice because you didn't keep the main thing the main thing. Tell me, Pastor Craig, what's the main thing? Here's the main thing. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above what? Every, everything else. Everything. It is top priority and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The need is the minor. The kingdom is the major. If all you're doing is spending your life trying to achieve the minor, you will miss the major. You'll never get the minor because you didn't pray for the major to come. But if you'll focus on the major and pray for the major kingdom of God to come, then the major puts everything in order, and he will actually take care of those minor things that you are freaking out about. So what's the kingdom of God? Tell me, Pastor Craig, that seems so out there. Bottom line, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not, it's not this minor stuff of life, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Pray for the kingdom. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom of God come. Pray for the peace in your home. I just need my wife fixed. <laughs> Don't we all, right? <laughs> Not me. I'm just saying. <laughs> you need your wife fixed. Okay, how about instead of trying to pray for those minor things, watch this. You pray for the major thing of God, let your kingdom of peace come into my home. I tell you something, his kingdom peace, it'll change everything. Well, we're just unhappy. We need to have the same hobbies. No, how about you just pray for the joy of the Lord to come into your house? Pray for the major thing. Well, I don't know if I'm in this trap or not. Okay, here's, a, here's just a litmus test for you, a little self-analyzing. Do you pray more for your needs, or do you pray more for the kingdom of God to come into your life? I'm not saying don't pray for needs. Here's what I'm saying. It's a balance. Do you pray more? Keep praying for your needs. I mean, Jesus tells us to do that. But what do you pray for more? You pray for the kingdom of God to come. And I'm just telling you, man, 
walk this path, even with church, I get reminded all the time, there's staff and this and building and blah, 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 and vision casting and blah, and oh, you got to write another sermon. You got to preach some more. Can I boil it all down? All of those are minor things. The major thing is the kingdom of God. Seeing people come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, letting the kingdom of God explode inside their lives, that is the big thing. Everything else will be taken care of. Okay, let's move on. Here's the second one. Distort your value. The enemy wants to distort your value. There's a story in the Old Testament where the children of Israel are going across the desert. They're in the desert for 40 years. They finally get to the promised land, a.k.a. the land that God had promised them. They get there, and you can go back and read this. God tells me, he says, hey, go in. Look at the land I'm giving you. And they don't hear him. What they hear and what they think is, I'm going to look at the land that we have to take. God never said that they were going to have to take it. He said, I have given it to you. It's a promise. But they go in. They see some giants, right? And all of a sudden, their view of themselves have changed. Numbers 13 says this. To our, this is what they said. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. Stop viewing your life through the eyes of your enemy. Stop viewing, oh, that sounds harsh, Craig. I, stop viewing your life through the eyes of your enemy. Start, don't even view your life through the eyes of yourself because we're our own worst critic. Start viewing yourself through the eyes of your creator because he says that he made you priceless. You are amazing. You are beautiful. He created and handcrafted you just like you are for just the time as this. So why are you allowing your enemies to speak death and destruction into your life, lowering your value when God keeps saying your value is so much higher? In fact, it's so high, I sent my only son to redeem you out of this thing. What's the value? Priceless. Priceless. And our enemies and sometimes our friends, but our enemies and the world and ourselves just lower our value. We become, we feel like we're worthless, and I think it, I think it just breaks God's heart because we're not worthless. He did everything for us to show us the worth that we have. Here's the third one, the third trap. Disagree with the truth. People start disagreeing with the truth. I think this is like, a chronic epidemic right now. It's, and this is, this is what I mean by it. People, you'll start walking a path and you think you're, the path that you're on is good and right because the, because the path you're on lines up and matches with your emotions and your opinions. And because your emotions and your opinions say that it's good, this lines up with everything I want, dreamed, and hoped for. It's all about me. Whoop, whoop, whoop then I must be good. I must be good. Hmm. Really? Really? See, the word of truth is what we line up our lives with, not our feelings and opinions. You have somebody that's been walking with the Lord for a while, and maybe you're here, some of you are here, and over time, you should say, I am more like Jesus Christ. If you didn't know that's the goal, that's... <laughs> Ta-da! It's the goal. To, to be more like Jesus Christ. But let me ask, have you really changed? This is just going to get a little harsh for a second, okay? 
it will probably offend you. And with that, I say, the line forms here, right? It's just get behind. Okay. Um, have you really changed? Because yet salvation, there should be a change in you. So are you really changing to be more like Jesus Christ? Or have you just been changing your personal Jesus to be more like you? Well, I'm okay with this now. Oh, Jesus is okay with this now. I know the word says this and preachers say this, but, but me and Jesus, we have, we have a special relationship. Really? Okay. Can I just tell you something? You're headed for a trap. You're headed for a trap. The truth is the truth. Well, I don't like it. Okay, I understand that. Look at Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. What's the crossroads? Today, let's call that Christ, the cross of Christ. Stop right there and look around. Come on. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Some of you don't have rest in your souls and you feel very restless because you're on the wrong path. But you reply... No, I don't, that's, that's not the road we want. I want the road that lines up with my emotions and my, my opinions, and that makes it right. And Jesus said a long time ago, the opinion is the word of God. God makes the truth. Not us. I know, no one wants to hear that. Hey, welcome to my job. Um, but it's, it's just the truth. It's the truth. Okay, so with those being the traps ahead of us, ahead of everybody. How can the ant help us? Okay, how can the ant help us? Check this out. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Let's just read it again. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at the harvest. First thing is ants produce. Ants work. Work. I'm sure everybody in here and watching online has kicked over an ant bed before right? And what do those ants do? They just immediately start putting it back together. None of them stand around. You don't hear any ants going, you know, I don't like this at all. I'm going to take a break. You just go ahead and put this together. But while you're putting it together, I got a few opinions. So let me just tell you. No, they just work. They just work. And they do it enthusiastically, which is what we should do. Ephesians 6, 7 says this, work with what? With what? That was really unenthusiastic. So let's try again. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Let me say this. Get a job. Get, I'll even spell it for you. Get a J-O-B. Well, I just, I have a job, Pastor. That's great. I just don't like it. Okay. Why? Well, my boss, he's a turd. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, okay? Um, but you might have a boss that's a turd. And that affects how you view life and how you work. And that turdness, can I say that as a pastor? I don't know that Yeah, that turdness will affect your enthusiasm because we don't like doing things for people we don't like, right? That's why this verse tells us to work differently. It says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for who? The turd? No, 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 no. You were working for the Lord rather than for people. If you're a mechanic and you're turning wrenches, can I tell you something? You are turning wrenches for Jesus Christ. He's your boss. 
Whatever your job is, you're a cashier. Everybody's a turd. There's a lot of them out there. But you are the only Jesus they will see, and he is your boss as you stand behind that cash register, not your earthly boss. Change your view, and it will change how you view it. All right, here's the second one. Ants provide. They produce, and then also they provide. Proverbs 6, 8 says this. They labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Ants provide for themselves, themselves and others. Have you ever noticed that? Like, there's never one ant at a picnic. Right? They always bring friends. Always. And let's be honest, when you find something good, you share it with friends too, don't you? You watch a good movie, and you enjoy it. You tell friends, hey, man, I really enjoy This is a good movie. That's great. I, uh, I bought a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts one time. I know, shocker. I know. I know. Some of you are like, really? Bought a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. I might have eaten a few of them on the way home, maybe. I could have had help, or I might have done it by myself. Um, but I, I got them home, and by the time I got home, there was two donuts left in the box. I'm not saying I ate all, of, all ten. I'm just saying when I got home, there was two in the box. And I thought to myself, these will be perfect in the morning with a cup of coffee. Woohoo! Nothing goes with coffee like donuts. All right? Woo-hoo. Okay, anyway, and so I'm putting it there, and here what, what happened was, in the middle of the night, one, one ant came and found my donuts. Just one. Problem is, he had about a million friends. And they all, he went and told them. He didn't, he didn't just gorge himself. Watch this. He didn't just gorge himself. He went and found his friends and said, hey, I have found some tasty treats. I opened that box in the morning all excited, and they are just covered in ants. I mean, covered. Now, some of you, are, you want to know how the story is. You're like, but did you eat it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you just have to change your mindset a little bit. The little crunch. You just think of them like sprinkles. It's just sprinkles. And they taste like chicken. So there you go. There you go. Okay, they don't really taste like chicken. But if you found something good, share it. Hey, have you found this man named Jesus Christ? Then share him. Don't live your whole life navel-gazing. Recognize that you have a relationship with the greatest man ever. And share it. Hey, and along with Jesus, can I tell you something? South Point is a great church. I know I'm partial, but I think this is the best church ever. And when you find something good, share it with everybody. I had a guy come up to me a few months ago, and he says, Hey, you know what? And that's how he talked, right? Right into my face. Hey, you know what I think of South Point? I'm like, what, what? Please say something nice. He said, I look at South Point like my favorite fishing hole. I was like, okay. He said, every time I come, I get something, and I leave happier than when I came. I said, oh, that's great. He said, the only thing, the only thing that's different is I tell everybody about South Point. I ain't telling nobody where my fishing hole is. <laughs> hey, man, if you're a part of South Point, if this is a good place, bring somebody with you. Share what's going on. Be a part of the team. Go to Plugged In. Get on a team. Get in a small group. Plug in and be a part because it's no longer just about serving you. Come on, provide for somebody else. Let's serve others. Does that make sense? All right. So ants produce, they provide, and then thirdly and finally, ants prepare. Ants prepare. Now, 
It says in there that they work to store up food in the winter, right? They work all summer to store up food for the winter. You know what grasshoppers do in the summer? I'll tell you. Grasshoppers frolic through the fields. Frolicking. That's my best frolic. That's all I got. I'm not a big frolicker. Frolicking in the fields. Singing. Eating and consuming everything that's in front of them. They don't save anything. And you know what they do when winter comes? They die. They die. Can I tell you something? Don't live your whole life and then just die. Prepare. Consider the ant. Prepare that you are going to live way longer on the other side of the grave than you will ever live on this side of the grave. And if all we do is prepare and eat and consume everything that's within us here, we have not prepared anything for there. Look at this verse, Matthew 6, 19. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in. How do you store treasure in heaven? Simple answer. This is like boiling all kinds of theology down. Simple answer. Good deeds. Doing good. You, come on, you ain't taking your car with you. You're not taking money with you. Bitcoin doesn't make it over there. I'm just telling you. All right? So good deeds is how you store up treasures there. Now here's the problem. Too many people think that good deeds garner you an entrance into heaven. Good deeds do not garner you an entrance into heaven. They just help you get pocket change for while you're there. Okay, that's a horrible, that's a horrible analogy, but are you all tracking with me? And I hear this time and time again. Well, they were a good person. Okay. Well, I, I'm a good person. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you're a good person. Please stay a good person. But that doesn't change the fact. And man, we don't like to hear this, but I'm just... I'm your pastor, I'm just going to tell you, unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will not enter into heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way into heaven. Can I say that any more plain? I don't think, there is no other way. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And check this out. We get it so twisted with the good deeds and the interest. Matthew 7, 22 says this. Jesus said this. Jesus said, on judgment day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Oh, we did so many good things for you and in your name. And cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. I even tipped the waitress extra. I said nice things to the cashier at Walmart. Yeah, I did all these things for you, Jesus. And he says, thanks for doing them. However, I never knew you. It's not about deeds or actions. Do we need to do them? Absolutely. Yes, please, please keep doing good things. I'm just telling you, those good things don't get you to know Jesus. It's a prayer. It's a conversation. It's opening up your heart to him and what he has for you. What does he have for you? He has forgiveness. He has grace. He has love. He has goodness and joy and all of these things. And so some of you here, you've been thinking this whole time it was based on good deeds and doing good. And I'm here to tell you it's not that. It's not jumping through any hoops or religious thing. It's about Jesus Christ. And I want to pray with you and give you the opportunity right now to meet this man named Jesus. 
I'm not going to call you down front, not going to have you stand up or anything like that. Just right where you are, you're going to make a personal decision that you are going to follow Jesus Christ. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up, and I'm going to pray for you right where you are, okay? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Mm, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness and your power. I thank you that you've given us examples on how to live. I thank you that you've pointed out the traps ahead. Lord, you've done so many amazing things for us. And Lord, right now there's people in this room and watching online that, that they don't have a relationship with you. You don't know them and they don't know you yet. However, today they, they're going to meet you. And so Lord, I just ask that you do that I, what I already know you're doing. They feel you. Their heart's beating a little faster. They're getting a little, a little awkward feeling, maybe a pit in their stomach. And just, a, just something, something's not right or off. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you, and he's saying, I need you to meet this man named Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray with you just right where you are. Come on, raise your hand up. Come on, put it up. Raise your hand up. Hold it up high. Come on, I'm looking. There's eight first service. There, I see him. Hold it up for a second. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Thank you, Father. I thank you for these sixteen hands. Come on, how awesome is that? This is the best thing ever. Lord, I thank you for these 16 people making a decision to meet you, Jesus. So, Father, we just introduce them to you and you to them. And, Lord, you said that you would save us if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that we're going to tell everybody, I am a follower of Christ. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you said if we would confess with our mouth you and believe in our heart that you died on the cross and came back to life on the third day, that we would be saved. So, Father, from there confession and from their belief save them fill them full forgive them of their sins wash them clean remove all the vandalism that the world has put there that their own stupid choices have put there set them free and let them experience a freedom like they've never had before oh we love you father we're so excited that we get to all be in glory together in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out today. Come on, 18, that's awesome. Or 16, 16 or 18, 16, 18, 16. Woo! Gotta love it, gotta love it. Listen, um, you can stand with me while I ramble for just one more second. Um, if you need prayer for anything, if you're one of those 16 people, there is a free book down here called Fresh Start. Man, just get that, come down, and they'll just hand it to you. Or if, any, if you or anybody else wants prayer for anything, there's people down front that would love to pray with you. And last but not least, if you're a follower of Christ and want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides, okay? Let's pray the benediction, and then we'll get out here and pet some animals. I guess. You know, I've never ended a service by saying that. This is the first. Let's, let's leave so we can pet animals. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth the meditations in our heart. Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.